Does time travel already exist and time travelers live among us today? In an alternate dimension, are smartphones obsessed with us? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Hey. That's right, we're back on a Tuesday. Welcome to This Paranormal Life, the only podcast that's hosted by myself, Mr. Kit Greer, and Mr. Rory Pars, professional paranormal investigator, MD, PhD, all rolled into one. <laughs> it's an MD, MDPHD. Emdepud is how you pronounce Emdipud, it. that's right. Yeah. On this podcast, every week we dissect a different paranormal claim or tale and find out if it's true or not using our deductive skills honed over, frankly, decades of paranormal research. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the great things about this podcast that we try and do, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, a yeah. lot of noise, yeah. and we like to cut through it because yeah. every week we get straight to the point. That's right. We start our podcast and we That's go straight right. to the point. We, we, like, so many of these podcasts, they just like to talk. They ramble. They talk. Oh, how was your weekend? Oh, I you oh never guessed this ghost I saw yesterday. I did, I did see though. You like you were at the beach. Yeah, this, week? this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, it was so nice. Nice. It was really, yeah, yeah. Cool. What was the weather like? Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty good. It's yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw uh, you as well. You were at the the park. The park, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're no, in the trench coat again, which is a weird vibe. Park run, but in the trench coat. In the t- t- trench That's coat. Right. I like to. I'm so good. I just like to throw in a little wild card. Right. You know? I would agree with that, but you were only wearing the trench coat. That's so you're, you can't right. be that good. <laughs> Mostly illegal, somewhat yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could be good, but you should still wear shoes <laughs> when you run, <laughs> and also not the trench coat. <laughs> I can't make also, this more clear. Were you just chasing children? <laughs> uh, I would say. So yeah, uh, straight to the point is what we do every week. That's right. Well, this week, Rory, I've got a doozy for you. I know I say that every week, and frankly, my words are not worth a penny. <laughs> this week, I'm for real. Okay. I don't know if you've heard anything or know anything about a little book called The Vertical Plane. All right, I'm gonna nip this right in, in the bud before we get started. <laughs> Did you write this book? <laughs> No. Shit. Of course not. <laughs> that would be weird. I, I I know nothing I know actually nothing about this book. Okay. So I'm excited to to have this investigation forced upon me. Yeah, that's right. The vertical plane was actually uh, going back a few weeks. This was a a, a listener submission. Right. Uh from a Mr. Rob C uh at the email. He emailed into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Very with good. this, uh, frankly, spicy hot take of a suggestion. Uh, so thank you very much, Rob. Thank you for writing in. This has been illuminating. Wow. I will say that you have messaged me three times this week <laughs> telling me how stressed you are over this episode. That's right. I'm literally, I've witnessed a man slowly lose That's his mind. mostly the trench coat thing, but also the podcast. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to go, do you think the book sounds cool rory and i'm like i guess it does sound cool well you can meet the author tonight oh, you did write it of course it's brilliant three thousand strong to buy this book on amazon ebooks <laughs> the kindle edition of this episode will be available tonight okay i'm just gonna cut right to the chase folks uh, i don't think a, a lot of the listeners at home will know about this book i certainly didn't um till i wrote it <laughs> And now the doors have been opened. Uh, uh, all, all I knew was that the author was handsome, um, <laughs> uh, cunning. Um, Had a hog. <laughs> at least six two foot, foot four. hog. <laughs> okay. And his name rhymes with shit. Because he is it. <laughs> shit queer. <laughs> you just insulted yourself <laughs> so much by trying to find a, an alias... <laughs> I didn't write it. It was shit queer. <laughs> like, I'm so obsessed with the author sounding cool that I'm so ready to denigrate myself. Yeah. So much freaking cooler than me. I mean, yeah, he's like, he could probably get with like loads of girls like <laughs> me. But uh, this book contains information so mind blowing, so mind bending, so face melting that if true, it changes everything. Okay. That's right. If we use our abilities today as paranormal investigators to tear this puppy apart and we discover it's true... We'll have changed the world live on this godforsaken podcast. Wow, that's a big op. And yet, few know this story. The book was only printed for a short time in the UK, I think in 1989, and it's extremely rare today. It's worryingly close. Secondhand copies regularly sell for hundreds of dollars. I think at the time of speaking, 
There's one copy available on Amazon UK for £600. This podcast does not make that kind of money. No. As such, I have not read this book. <laughs> but luckily, this. <laughs> luckily, small pockets of intrepid explorers of the paranormal have documented this book online and discuss it in forums to this day. There's a very small but active community discussing this book. Well, that's what I was going to say. If this is being passed down and purchased, presumably by people who are paranormal investigators. Yes, sir. Why hasn't this just been documented and turned into an ebook or photographed and scanned and uploaded I, online? Well, I think I think they would like it to be published again, but it's like it's not going to be like a bestseller. So I think, right, okay. Uh, I think it was originally published by Harper Collins when they had an, an occult <laughs> a wizard section. as a head. <laughs> <laughs> you're really tanking the stock price here, Lancelot. But, uh, you sure you know what you're doing, Dumbledore? Shut up! <laughs> Cast a spell, shuts the door on. It's like, he's all these spells, but he can't generate money. <laughs> Why are you still selling books? You're a wizard. Out ye! <clears throat> Important book. Very rare. So it's a crazy story. I'm going to dive right in. It all begins in autumn 1984. We're in England, near the border of Wales in a small town called Doddleston, and the author, Ken Webster, is living in a cottage with his friend Debbie and their friend Nicola. Okay. Well, one day, Nicola needs to write something up. You know, we've all been there, you need to write up a letter, CV, screenplay, what have you. The only problem is, it's 1984, you don't just open up your Whackbook Pro and send it by Bluetooth to your 3D printer. Computers in 1984, shitty as hell. Right, obviously. Uh, just how shitty you ask. I actually had to look this up. Uh, how shitty were computers in olden days? Very. Oh, okay. <laughs> the first CD-ROM was invented in 1984. Um, people might remember, actually. Do you know that really iconic Mac ad where, like, the girl runs... It was a Super Bowl ad, and the girl runs down the corridor of, like, all these people dressed in grey. Like, oh, the one that everyone breath. takes the piss out of yeah. now. Right, yeah, And then yeah, she yeah. smashed a sledgehammer through this giant screen and sets <laughs> everyone free. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, that was 1984 because they released first computer to ever have, like, a user interface, basically. The right. Whole, the whole concept of using a mouse to click on things hadn't been invented until the year 1984 yeah yeah um, that's why all those people were <clears throat> slaves to the machine it was backbreaking labor just to send an email people yeah it was like the mines you sent them away and you come back <laughs> like all exhausted come back and tired. with a sort of rare disease yeah. you live to about 25 <laughs> but what they did have was the bbc micro <laughs> I don't know if you've seen a picture of this before, Rory. Uh, it's like, it's kind of like, I'm going to paint a picture for the listeners at home. It's kind of like, if you've ever seen like the Commodore, right. those early video game systems, and they were just like, they look like typewriters, but I guess you plugged a screen into them. Even if I had seen the picture of it, what was that voice? <laughs> like, that didn't explain the voice. A BBC micro is now available at all good retailers. For only, it actually costs like basically a grand if you adjust for inflation it was super expensive and <laughs> i'm sure you'll understand uh, if you've seen the ads the bbc micro <laughs> why would i understand even if i had yeah. seen <laughs> there's nothing i could have seen in that ad that would justify the voice you just did to sell me the it was BBC the micro it was the early days of pr they hadn't really worked out how to sell <laughs> things yet yar buy one or we'll kill you yar uh i'm gonna actually show you the ad here Oh, okay. Just cool. to like set the scene. Right. Um, guys at home, if you want to see it, this is, you can just YouTube BBC micro advert because this computer is going to crop up a lot during the story. So it's worth like knowing what it looked like. Okay. Gloria Daphne, who longs to be alone with her very own BBC micro. See, I don't think my voice is that far off. Daphne, also made it rather yeah. God, this is an old fashioned I mean, look at those graphics. Hello, I'm yeah. It's, so the ad is showing how a businessman can use a computer, and then like a scientist can use a computer. God, and then the girl's upset she can't use it, but the girl's also played by an old man. Yeah, yeah, this was like the Shakespeare days when <laughs> no women were allowed. And now there's some sort of poltergeist doorway. Poor Daphne. Which is actually, I did notice that. There was a, you're right, there was a flash of light at the end of the, the ad and yeah. a poltergeist doorway. That will become relevant. This is a weird story already. <laughs> this is a very strange story. I agree. A haunted computer is what we're essentially talking about <sighs> right now. That's what I'm selling you on. Okay. Are you sold, sir? <laughs> yeah. Is it true or false? Because if you want to buy it, it's ad. here. <laughs> I bought a freaking job lot of these, 35 <laughs> for 10,000 pounds on eBay. 
I need a return on investment fast. So listeners, if you want this podcast to survive, nay, if you want me to have house and home for the next few months, please buy a micro. I have a, a surplus of BBC micros. The warehouse is expensive. It's full of rats and I need to sell them when now. When people said the 80s was coming back, I really <laughs> bought it. Also, if any of y'all need a pager... <laughs> I have warehouse number two, fully stacked, ready to go, also full of rats. Perm. (laughs) But no one wants curly hair. Okay, so I just wanted to set the scene for what this computer was. So, um, backtrack. Nicola needed to type something up. Um, No one really had computers back then. But luckily, Ken, the author of this story, he was a school teacher at this time. And he said, No worries, Nicola, we've got a bunch of these new BBC micros at the school. I'll borrow one for a while. Type up your stuff. Nice. So he took it out, set it up in the kitchen, and before long, Nicholas smashing out scripts left, right, and center. <clears throat> well, one day, they fire up the BBC Micro, and before they can boot the word processor, which I think was called, this is kind of fun, it was called Edward, but like the word is like oh, W-O-R-D. Oh, hey, that's great. Which is quite cute. And like editing words? Yeah. Edward? There's so many layers. That's way better than Microsoft Word. Yeah. God damn, like you slipped Bill up. Bill Gates, nerd, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> More like Bill hates creativity. More like Shill hates. <laughs> nice, man. More like little bitch. Not clever, just true. <laughs> They're More not like, all going to be funny. fight me, <laughs> son of a bitch. They're all going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, they, they go to boot up the word processor, but Ken notices there's a new file on the disk. It's titled KDN. That's funny. There shouldn't be anything on there. He just It's like a new computer. He took it from the school. Yeah. But he types his command prompt. I mean, like... Back then, it wasn't just a case of clicking on it. You got to type it in. So he's like, "Open file." You got to go matrix on that KD, thing. Yeah, yeah. You got to like tap in. You got to get like a cable jacked in the back of his head. Into the back. Yes, dude. Back of your neck. Blood spurting. Hurts the I first time. I am now time. Edward. <laughs> Ken okay? is not here. Edward only. Are you okay, Ken? Control Alt Delete. <laughs> Stab. Control. <laughs> I am a stabbing robot. <laughs> So he types, the, types in open file, KDN. And there's this text. The formatting is all off, and there are capital letters in all the wrong places, but he can still just about read it. It might be fun to, like, hand it to you so you can see what the text looks like. They have the file? Oh, they, ha- they have the file. The file is just a, like, it's just like a text, like a .txt. Okay. And this is what's inside. I'll pass it to you. Let me get a look at this. Let me investigate. What in God's name is this? 1984, baby. Okay, so the text reads, True are the nightmares of a person that fears safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out, you bricks. Pussycat, pussycat, went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. What? That's good, right? That was in the file. Yeah. And he has no idea who wrote that. Nope. He just, like, took this new computer, took it back. From who? Excuse who, who did he take the computer from? Uh, <clears throat> he took this from the school. Right, and the man who gave it to him at the school. But I want to make clear, this isn't the first time he's used the computer. He's taken it home at this point, okay. and he knew there was nothing on it. Okay. Set up in the kitchen, there's a new file on it. That's what's inside. Okay, so it wasn't the madman who gave him the computer. <laughs> Hopefully not. But we don't know yet. We just don't know anything yet. Like, the way you just read it is, I guess, how Ken read it. Okay. First thoughts. You think I'm Ken? <laughs> I'm Debbie, for sure. <laughs> First thoughts, man, what? Like, what? what? Usually, you know, these paranormal stories have the grounds in something else. Mm. But this is something I've never seen before. Tech-mediated weirdness. But is it beyond the realms of possibility that someone else just went onto the computer and typed out a bunch of stuff? Maybe this was right. pranking in 1980s. Exactly. I don't know. Kind of weird that it's like poetry, but like, yeah, totally. Someone could have just lifted that from that a, was someone a like. Book. I think whoever he lives with got back drunk that night mm. and was like, maybe just like broken up with his girlfriend or something. <laughs> and it's just like, you think I don't? I'm not emotional enough. I'm emotional enough. <laughs> F- you girl, I'll be emotional right now. Oh, pussy cat, pussy cat. <laughs> 
Flowers to the sun, baby. Blah, blah, blah. Baby. I love you. Redeemer, the <laughs> end. Because, and then he because. calls it. Oh, actually, they should know that I don't mean this. I'll call the file kidding. Oh, it's too long. Uh, <laughs> K- KDN. Uh, he'll know. Everyone will know. Uh, good night. And then he falls asleep. <laughs> Nicholas left the building. Good night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the capital letters are in all the wrong places, it does look like, like a, a drunk, drunk guy trying to write a love poem. <laughs> That's given it a whole new flavor, I have to say. <laughs> and also ended this podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, we wrapped up this story. <laughs> I guess that's what happened. I mean, I thought it was the devil, but no, that's actually way more believable. Because <laughs> uh, the next five bullet points are all about more drunken poems appearing <laughs> on this laptop. Uh, that's basically all that happens. The rest are actually not that cryptic. It's mostly about <laughs> larger. There's one mystery here. Uh, that the, He found a bit of sick on the corner of the keyboard. <laughs> um, at one point, there's a crack in the screen. Uh, at another point, there was a five glass on the table. It looks like someone <laughs> tried to open a beer on the side of this computer, kind of scuffed it. Yeah. Someone had uh, also uh, Googled hot girls. <laughs> um, total mystery. Don't know who did it. The internet hadn't been invented at that point, so I don't know what they were trying to achieve. <laughs> and Googled uh, hangover cures. So um, <laughs> we'll leave this one to you, viewers. Can you? Because that's such a thing today is like people's embarrassing search histories. Yeah, totally. It must have been so funny back in the day of like early internet, all these like command prompts left on the screen. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Greg, did you... Uh... <laughs> I feel like you were last on the computer here. I mean, it says uh, server last accessed by Greg at yeah. 9.04. And then it's just like, you know, big titty five, you know, was the... Was the- because presumably, yeah. The last file opened. In my head, it works like a text adventure in those days. Yeah. So you get to the web page, but then you have to be like, <laughs> <laughs> remove clothing. And then I'll like reply being like, clothing is beyond your reach. It's like, oh, okay. I guess open the left door. You need a key to open that door. <laughs> it's like, rats. Yeah. <laughs> Try and deliver pizza. <laughs> she said she wanted extra sausage. Approach her. <laughs> it's, like, it's such a weird text. Oh adventure. my god, a porn text adventure. That that for sure exists, right? You are a horny male. <laughs> you are at home alone. We've been talking about um if we ever wanted to do extra episodes a month, what that could be. So if <laughs> if there is absolutely a porn based text adventure, boom, that's one episode right there. We'll that's a new that. podcast, guys. All right. Mm-hmm. My dad wrote a porn-based text adventure. <laughs> yes. Here we go. Okay. Ken discovers this poem. What the f***? Who wrote it? Ken talks to the guys, um, Deb and Nick, and they they work out between them it wasn't them. Of course they would say that, but they, they decide it wasn't them. The computer has been sitting there all night, and not to mention this is pre-internet, so there's no physical way of transferring information to that computer. That's a good point. What about floppy D's? Yeah, it does take a floppy D. Yeah, but I mean, I guess... Are we still talking about the porn-based text adventure? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it does take a floppy disk. Um, right. Definitely possible. Okay. And I think they're still entertaining that possibility. I'm that just feeling like, out what yeah, we got going on. Yeah, 100%. Uh, they kind of just get on with things. They think it must be an anomaly. Could have been preloaded on the disk. They might have not seen it the first time around. Um, whatever. Gotcha. But... The problem is they couldn't just forget about it because everything wasn't peachy grand. Other stuff was occurring in the house. Weird stuff. Occasionally they would walk into their kitchen or living room and items of food or trinkets would be stacked on top of each other. Trinkets? Yeah, just like little things around the house. Are they goblins? (laughs) What are they living in this weird cave? Small uh, items of silver and gold (laughs) and stolen possessions from royalty. So weird. Yeah, you can imagine the conversation in the house. It's like Ken walks in. And he's like, he's like, hey, Deb, like, is that your stuff? He's like, no, I thought you did that. Like, oh, Nicola, have you been stacking shit in the living room? It's like, no, I thought that was you. Also, why would anyone? I don't think I've ever stacked anything really in my life. No, aside from CDs. Or, like, trinkets. <laughs> is this because... I just said the CD wrong was invented that year. Yeah. <laughs> Ken walks into the room, there's a stack of CDs, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus what Christ. What the f***? Debbie, get in here. <laughs> Debbie, get in here. Who did this? Who did this? Ghosts, though. Ghosts, though. Have uh, yeah, you done this before? Only with trinkets. Normal <laughs> trinkets. Maybe magazines. Hell, books. <laughs> but CDs? <laughs> Debbie, grab, grab your things. We're leaving. So this kept happening and they figured someone they knew 
was pranking them, pranking the shit out of them. That someone was breaking into the house and trying to freak them out. Like just kind of, I guess like some people leave like their front door open and maybe like you just try to think what could be happening. Maybe someone was just darting in and doing it. Like some little shithead kids, the way kids go around and f*** with their neighbours. Stack stuff? I guess. Well, a few days pass, but one afternoon, Nicola boots up the micro once more, and right away she sees a new file. She opens it up right away and calls the others to see. It's another text file, but something's wrong. It's in English, but it's old English, like pre-Shakespeare stuff. I write on behalf of many what strange words thou speak. Thou art goodly man who hath fanciful woman who dwell in mine home with lights which devil maketh. Twas a great crime to hath bribed mine house. L.W. Oh, that's it? <laughs> that's it. No, it is actually uh, longer than that. Okay. Um, but I, this is a good uh, point in the story to say that this book is f***ing long. There's a lot of stuff. Ken basically describes about 16 to 18 months of his life living in this house with Debbie. Yeah. And a lot of stuff happens over the course of that. So for the sake of this podcast, um, and you'll see most people do this online, they kind of cut to the the biggest stuff that happened. Okay, so so this book, the book, yeah. is a diary kept by him of the occurrences? It's basically a a, a non-fiction um, right. retelling of, of all the events that occurred. Oh, okay. And he okay. called it The Vertical Plane, and it was released as uh, inverted commas non-fiction. Gotcha. Yeah. L.W. What could it mean? Who could it be? All Ken, Deb, and Nicola know was someone was f***ing with them. They figured someone was getting into the house somehow and typing up these files, maybe a friend or a kid. It had to be. Ken thought the prank was getting in bad taste at this point because th- that letter was kind of vaguely spooky and threatening. It kind of mentions that they've trespassed upon some house and that it's a great crime and everything. Of course. But he was kind of curious and he wanted someone's opinion on it. So he took a print of this to his friend Peter who worked at a local university. <laughs> Peter yes. L.W. Smith. <laughs> it didn't really connect A good with friend us. of his, great with computers and lockpicking. <laughs> Walks into Peter's room, stacks of trinkets <laughs> from floor to ceiling. Dressed in all black, so all the balaclava. Why, hello, trespasser. <laughs> hey, Pete, what's up, man? <laughs> so it was a great crime of you to intrude upon my room. <laughs> well, now that you've said that, Peter was an expert in Old English. Oh, here we go. <laughs> of course he was. Uh, and early modern English, which I didn't realize, but are two different things. Um, I guess Ken thought he would find it interesting or at least funny. So he thought he'd run it by him. But when he hands this text to Peter, his face is sullen. He wants to know where... he thinks he's been caught. That's why. <laughs> Have you told anyone about it? <laughs> Did you call the police? Don't. If I, God forbid, took a poop in someone's house... <laughs> Excuse. And then I'm like at my office and someone comes and goes, Rory, and I turn around, they're holding the poop. <laughs> my face would go white as a ghost. Because I think you would go white as a ghost whether they you're go- poop or not. <laughs> you're not gonna go oh! <laughs> poop in the house. It's a very good point. Like even if I hadn't done it and I turned around, someone had poop in their hat, I'd be like, Jesus oh, So it was you <laughs> That was a bad example. Bad You're example. not going to look at the poop and go, shit, it's mine. <laughs> I don't recognize that son of a bitch anywhere. Or even or even go, yes, go on. Like, <laughs> you'd be completely blown away. All right, that was a terrible example. I, know, I can imagine, imagine the train of thought. Someone shows you a poop and in your head you're going, play it cool. Play it cool. And you don't even look at it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It isn't Can mine. I help you? <laughs> what? The poop. I, it I didn't isn't say mine. it was. <laughs> I love this character of like the suave guy who denies something so much that, and so poorly. Yeah. <laughs> like, like some dude whose wife is murdered in the house while he's there. And then the detectives comes by and it's like, so what were you doing at the time? Oh, detective, it couldn't possibly have been me. Are you not sad that your wife was murdered? Huh. Well, I know it wasn't me, if that's what you're thinking, detective. I guess you could say I'm still in shock. Check the knives if you like, but not the one in the garden. <laughs> Shit. Give me a minute, detective. <laughs> Pulls out the window. He runs away. <laughs> Shitting his ears. Such a confused criminal. Oh, detective. I like, I like is, he, is he horny? Like, 
<laughs> don't know. <laughs> All right, I feel like I got a grasp on uh, Peter's character now. Okay, I can do any Peter <clears throat> voices if you want. Okay, uh, so he's an expert in these old dialects of of English, and he wants to know where Ken's got this stuff from. Not only that, but he wants to take it home and study it. Cut to next time Ken sees Peter, and he he's freaked out, man. He says this stuff is period correct. If someone's playing a prank in you, they're a scholarly prankster. What do you mean periodly correct? So, I mean, how much does Old English really vary? I'm glad you asked that question, Roy, because uh, it varies oh, a shitload. Oh, of little faith. <laughs> Is that Old English? You understand that? You know, uneducated twerp. Oh, Should ye say, little bitch. That wasn't Old English. Can't, you can't just say, oh, ye. You can't just put ye in front of him. <laughs> F*** ye off. <laughs> ye bitch. It turns out it varies a lot. I mean, I'm sure you've had that experience. I know I have. Um... You know, I, I'm just an ordinary fella. I, I like ordinary beer. education. I like a cold beer at the weekends. I like my woman uh, in the back of a pickup truck, I guess. Fried jeans. <laughs> not in a bad way. Not in a weird, abductee way. But uh, in Tinted a... Tinted window, sure. <laughs> not in a weird way. I have sensitive eyes. <laughs> Candy. Sometimes I'm diabetic. Assault weapons in the back of the truck. Not in a bad way. In to a protect kinda... me from the weirdos. <laughs> But God forbid, I will kill a man if he so much as crossed me. <laughs> several, not in a weird way. <laughs> several passports in the on the dash. Not in a weird way. Just in a tax evasion way. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I'm just a down-to-earth guy. What can I say? <laughs> Mattress in the back. Not in a weird way. I can sleep anywhere, you know. I slept for days. Not in a weird way. <laughs> Swastika tattoo on my chest. Not in a bad way, though. <laughs> Just in the kind of, you know, yearning for the days of old kind of way. <laughs> White Hood, not in a weird way. I just uh, hate a lot of people. <laughs> anyway, God bless. <laughs> anyway, you just be on your way now. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to say is... Um, not in a weird way. <laughs> I've tried to enjoy Shakespeare. Okay. And I failed. Well, we both uh, we we both read um, Merchant of Venice, presumably uh-huh. in in um, secondary school. That's, well, that's right. about as deep as I really. <laughs> we got. started a book club. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's just the two of us. Ye book club. He's <laughs> <laughs> <was> great. <laughs> um, yeah, we we read that in school. But yeah, and I even struggled with that. And that was with a professional guiding you through the book line by line. Yeah. Going, all right. I know that bit's a bit opaque, but this is what he really meant to say here. And you were like, Jesus Christ, that's what he meant. It's crazy. I went to go see, uh, shit, what one was it? I went to go see, like, I don't know, one of his other um, plays in Belfast not that long ago. And I'll be honest, I didn't get a goddamn word. And I'm convinced that the only people in the audience who knew what was happening had, like, studied it. This is, like, this was a visual stage adaptation. And I couldn't tell you one plot line. Granted, I was staring at my iPad. Granted, I was watching (laughs) season three of Arrested Development. Granted, I had my earphones in. Granted, I was six beers deep, <laughs> but uh, it's it's opaque stuff, right? What freaking year was Shakespeare, man? Oh. I'm gonna have to look this one up. Should we make guesses? What do you guess? Oh man, fourteen. I honestly have no idea. Fourteen fifty. I think it might be kind of funny to out ourselves as idiots. Here. Yeah, literally no idea. Four, <laughs> fourteen. Four, four, uh, fourteen. Twelve. Twelve. No, later. Fourteen ninety-eight. Okay. I'm going to go later. I'm going to say born in 1999. I think he had a lot to do with Y2K, actually. <laughs> I'm going to be so off. Okay, no, you're saying 1412? 1498. 14... <laughs> Why? I flipped. Your nose is bleeding. <laughs> Suspense is killing me. I think it might be older. I'm going to go... 16... <laughs> I just 70. said I think it might be older. <laughs> no, I was going to go in anyway. I'm going to be so wrong. Ah, shit. <laughs> We're both wrong. Uh, born 1564. 15, damn. Okay, it wasn't too bad. He died in 1616. Okay. Uh, we, we were both in the middle of that, you know? That wasn't too bad. Like, to put it in perspective, you know the kind of stuff he was writing, like, uh, and that was contemporary popular stuff. This was just before that. Right. This was dated to before that. I'm going to read you a little bit of the, because what I read you before was kind of the translated stuff. Okay. As translated by um, Peter. Peter. <laughs> I hath no kinfolk to find. Mine whiff was wretched with thy pestilence, and the Lord didst take her soul unto her unborn son. Mine farm tis humble, but it hath a pretty parcel o' land. 
It has redstone fjings and clean rushes on mine beaten floor. So it's like you can pick out bits. Yeah. He says something about his wife dying and his dying kid with dying. his son, but he's got a decent farm. He's got a decent farm, but then he said something about stone red stones. Like it's very opaque. Right, okay. And so this is why it needed to go to this Peter guy for translation. So needless to say, Ken, Nick, and Debbie didn't know what to make of it. But for fun, what Ken does is he gets his friend to draft a reply to this mysterious message in the kind of rough language they might understand. So, like, don't use any, like, slang, like, modern slang. Just, like, play their little game. Yeah. Like, use that kind of language. Go hardcore. And their translation, you know, it, it worked out something like, you know, just basic questions. Like, thank you for the, for the message. Uh, sorry for disturbing you. Uh, what do you want us to do? Uh, did you live here? Thank you for not making us afraid. There's a few other questions. They're really going into it. Like, yeah. they're buying... Okay, they're going into yeah, it. Yeah, they're just like, they're like for the don't sake of... Stop touching our computer. Yeah. Because, I mean... It, stranger. I think a lot of people would have gone like, F*** you, never come back. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Piss ye <I> off. Have, <laughs> I've called ye police. <laughs> ye tasers. And by this time, Ken had had the bright idea to try and catch the hoaxer in the act. So it was kind of clever, like set a little trap of a reply, um, but try and catch them. So this meant borrowing another computer, checking the disc for preloaded material before, make sure it was wiped clean, checking the house was secure, and then leaving the computer in the kitchen as before. Doors locked, all the rest of it. What's the trap? We just did a bunch of things. Hmm. It's like they were going to trap him. So they put the computer on the table. They, they closed all the doors and they went to bed. Like, what is what? It's not so much a trap as a honey trap without the trap. It's just honey. Just honey. Here's a free computer to mess with. But I guess the idea was that they were leveling the playing field. And they were trying, they're just trying to eliminate some of the doubt here. Okay, so use a new computer. Use a new computer. Right. In case it was the weird curse computer. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs it's online convenient flexible and suited to your schedule we're saying they can get things off my chest like uh, zonktar here don't give it a name maybe me and zonktar can sign up for better help together give it a shot and whatever it is get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com paranormal life today to get 10 off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com paranormal life so they leave the room for a while and do their thing, but it's not long until they check back, maybe a couple hours. There's already another file. It reads, and this is the translation. It is helpful to hear of your time. The king is Henry VIII. Mine charge house is a place of law, of schooling. I must need say, how is it there are many things of which I have no knowledge? If you cannot say why you're in my house, then I can no more help you than if my wits had gone. 28th March, 1521. Ooh. So it gives, gives them a date. Yeah. So it's as if this person is leaving messages from the past that are appearing on this computer in the present. Exactly, dude. Oh. 
some kind of intertime dimensional thing going on. So this might be the next logical step that they do, but so stop me if this is where we're headed next. Okay. But do they know about the origin of their house or the location that they're based in? Because, you know, if this was a town where, you know, there was a surrounding castle or old village, or maybe it had been built on land previously mm -hmm. used mm -hmm. in this farm, for mm -hmm. example, mm -hmm. then that would make a little bit of sense, right? Yeah, there is definitely an obvious way of testing the veracity of these claims. Okay. And do not worry, we will get there. I would trust you more, but you just checked your notes on an old BBC computer. What do you have a problem with Edward about? <laughs> just looks Edward really old is... and haunted. <laughs> I think it said boo just now, <laughs> but it still works It's fine. also incredibly noisy. I think the fan in that thing needs to be cleaned. What? It's beeping like a modem. I can't hear you, dude. I, I can't, think, can't hear you over the modem. I, yeah, I got that. It's yeah. not even connected to the internet. Why does it need I a actually, modem? I actually bought it off the guy who sold us the Lombardi dolls. <laughs> yeah, he's really deep in pocket. He it's needs to move a bunch of these. So this is crazy at this point. The guys all think it's a hoax. But something is pulling Ken to write back. I guess you just want to see how far you can take it. Like, you know. I don't know. You live a boring life. It's like we, yeah. we always talk about these stories. Nothing going on, you know. And also, at this point, you know, they're not they're not being really haunted or anything. Nothing bad is happening to them. Yeah. It's just some cool messages. You yeah, know, if I was messages. talking with a guy to the past, I'd probably keep it going till like I got some weird threats or something. It would, <laughs> <laughs> it would be the kind of thing that you'd like show people on like a night out. You'd be like, "Oh, hey, dude, I forgot to tell you." Like, and like over beers, you'd be like, yeah. "What should I say to him next?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm getting these weird old English DMs or something. Yeah, yeah like I think you'd have thing. to be pretty easily spooked to be like really, really annoyed and upset about yeah. this. So I kind of get where they're coming from. So Ken's asking them more questions, and as they do, um, LW starts revealing more more about his life. Uh, he signs off in one of the messages, Lucas. Oh. So they're like getting to know a little bit more. Now they've got a name. <clears throat> he writes in one message, The writing machine is a wonderful thing. Somewhat unnatural, I fancy. Unknown to myself it may be. I have seen you make lights on the box and I'm cunning. <clears throat> Your merrymaking is loud, but it pleases me. But there is not enough trust. I know not whence you came, nor whether you will go. And this freaks the guys out because Lucas isn't just communicating with them. But this means he can see them. He's seen their computer, the like box with lights. Oh, I just assumed it meant he was writing on a box. Like he had one as well. Yeah, but he says, I've seen you make lights with the box. Ugh. He says, your merrymaking is loud and it pleases me. Well, how was he talking to them? We don't know yet. God damn. That's I know. Weird. Yeah, uh, Ken and Debbie and stuff, they're like musicians as well. And he's heard, so he's, I think he's, what he's saying there is that he's heard them like play music, play music. in the house. They're merrymaking. But the important thing is that as far as he's concerned, they're in his house. And he signs off this message, Lucas Wayneman. Is that a real person? They try to check the town records, like you say. But of course, the problem is that even if they find a name, that just means that someone else could have looked that name up. If someone was really going to these lengths of speaking, like, correct old English... Oh, right, they could just find names, a, na a random name. They could just name, find yeah. any name, you know, any That's a really good person. point, actually. Um, but as it happens, they actually don't find the name Lucas Wayne, Wayneman. Well, they keep going back and forth and getting his messages translated, and Ken is trying to explain more and more information about the modern world. He describes all sorts of technological advancements, electricity, cars, computers... And of course, Lucas does not understand any of it. On one, and on one occasion, they kind of discover something new because you know Ken's messing around, he's trying out new things, and because he's messaging him about these things, and Ken sort of thinks, "All right, he's seen us, and he's like seen us hang out in this room, and he's seen me type on this thing, so let's test it." And he, instead of typing a message, he leaves a photo beside the computer. He leaves a photo of a car, right beside the computer. And then, lo and behold, hours later, the photo's gone. And there's a reply inside a text document which says, what kind of wood is this? It's like silk. <laughs> and they realize it's because he's never seen a photograph before. So like that kind of plasticky paper. Oh, not even have. the car. Not the car. <laughs> I thought he was talking about the car. Not even getting started on the car. Yeah. That's way too crazy. <laughs> He does make some comment about... I think he does make some comment about the car. He's kind of like, where are the horses or something like right, that. Right, right. Uh. <laughs> also, I love that 
like he might be from the olden times, but there's still things that exist in that world that aren't made out of wood. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like they gave him an apple on the computer and he's like, such sweet wood and deliciousness this is. Of course, I come from the Rock Age yeah. when everyone eats pebbles. Exactly. Like baskets. That's not wood. Yeah. Wait, is that wood? Yeah. That was the worst example you could have given. No, I'll try again. Like, oh, uh, books. Oh shit. No. Oh, wood. Brooms, sticks, <laughs> trees, fucks, trees. Oh, I don't know. What's well, not made out of wood? Uh, uh, smaller uh, trees. Fuck. You look oh. over. I'm made of wood. <laughs> Everything's wood. I'm slowly sinking into the computer, <laughs> becoming wood. I'm just, I'm just snacking on a twig. What Go are you on. talking about, Rory? Doing your Peter really? voice. Everything is obviously made of wood, Rory. <laughs> Care for a twig? <laughs> They're great with this wood sauce. <laughs> wood sauce. It's like sap, tree sap. At this point, Ken is no closer to understanding if these messages are hoaxes. Because whilst anyone could be sending fake messages from the past, they are sending and receiving messages too fast for someone to be breaking and entering the home every time. They've kind of ruled that out. Okay. That someone's literally running in and doing it and then running away again. That doesn't really make sense anymore. So... Throughout all these messages, though, all these responses and sent messages, yes, have they ever been there and sat at the computer when one of those files appears? Or do they always have to leave and then come back? I think they have been in the vicinity of it because they keep the computer in the kitchen. It's like a live chat at this point. Yeah, it is. I have to, I definitely have to um, disclaimer again that... There are no copies of this book to buy, so I haven't read this book, and there's okay. no ebook available. So I'm gathering this from reports from people who've read it. Right. Um, but from what I gather, they've stayed in the house, um, in like the living room kitchen. Uh, so I think unless someone is jumping out from underneath the sofa and typing it up, yeah, they've ruled it out. Um, again, they've replaced the computer, so there's nothing special about any one computer. These computers are so basic back then. The only way onto that computer is through the floppy disk drive. That's crazy. But yet the messages keep arriving and in more and more new files. Lucas messages again with several details about the area he lives in, where he studied, etc. So giving all these historical details, as you said, that should be fact checkable. And all the while, Ken and his friends are reading these responses and trying to catch him out looking for inconsistencies about the language he uses. I mean, as an example of the language he uses, I think Peter... You know, he's working on the on the old English and stuff. He says, I think there were two instances of words that came from the 1600s, not the 1500s. <laughs> he said dope and lit in two of the emails. Which are I the think only he name dropped Kardashians, <laughs> actually. What, what we're saying here is this is an unbelievable level of consistency. Right. That it's all period correct, apart from those two, which are 50 years later. And for all we know... You know, could have been used at the time and undocumented or something like that, right? Or he was like a trendsetter. He brought them in. And all the while they're trying to catch him out, what they don't expect to happen is it's Lucas who snaps first. He's told them where he studies, where he lives, etc. And he says, why do you tell such lies? If you were alive, you would know that no such college exists. Why do you speak of a power of which I have no knowledge? That's when they were talking about electricity. Right. It is you who makes me afraid. And Ken and co. realize, holy shit, this time we thought we were being hoaxed. Lucas thinks he's being hoaxed too. So he's like trying to catch them out. Right. With references to like places that don't exist. <clears throat> if we think about this, if it were a hoax, he would be telling them these lies and trying to get away with it. But rather, Lucas is like, what the hell? Like, you guys are claiming to be from the same place I'm from, and you don't know any of these places, you're just going along with it? I get, well, here's, okay, so here's where I draw issue with this. Please. So, uh, the guys with the computer, yes, they're experiencing this from a device within their conceivable world. Yes, it's sir. It's a computer that is in existence. Yes. I'm assuming <laughs> that Lucas is looking through some sort of wormhole in his living room and he's like i don't know if i believe you guys and you're not just trolling me yeah presumably it's i don't know what he could be doing yeah he's within like, you his haven't been on pennycoat lane yeah unless, unless the way he's responding is like i don't know writing it on a piece of parchment and putting it in a drawer and then the letter disappears. Like sending up the fireplace to yeah, Santa Claus some, or something. You know, something yeah. like that. Unless he's doing that, then I don't know how he thinks he's being tricked. I guess the reason he is so convinced 
is because in these visions, however those are taking place, he's seen those guys in his house. Okay. He's experienced... Yeah. Like what? In human form? Or as like ghastly visions? Or So slowly and slowly, Ken, Debbie, and Nicola are realizing that not everything can be explained by a straightforward prank. It's becoming way too complicated. <gasps> Someone go in. Someone go in the laptop. <laughs> what do you mean? Someone go put your rest your face. So I've got a laptop here. What do you think? So rest your face on it. What go what, in. What? <laughs> How can I make you know, this you, more you keep, clear? You keep saying it, but um what do you so you, what do you think is gonna happen if I if I do that? If ye put y'all face That's on, very confusing <laughs> dialect, yeah. On the keyboard. Uh-huh. On the BBC keyboard. That's not what I have, but sure. <laughs> It's all the same. It's all computers. Okay. You no, could go, really. like, the photograph, go uh-huh. in, but it'll only no, no, take you your said, head. You said go, you said go in again. It'll only take but... your head. <laughs> That's not what I'm concerned about. And then while he's waiting for uh-huh. a message, you can pop out and be like, Lucas! Okay. It's me! And, to, and then show him your face. Yeah. And he'll be, like, touching it. Like, what soft, so silky can I tell, wood is can this? Can I... <laughs> Like he's never felt human hair before. <laughs> and then you can show him the it's real. I'm still stuck at the uh right. at the, the, the go in. Yeah, go in. No, I mean saying it faster doesn't. I said <laughs> Jesus. You kept that one I quiet. Got like an old English rifle. <laughs> Where'd you get that? You're Lucas, I think. <laughs> I'm assuming they don't. Okay. They don't go in. Oh shit. Not yet. And in one of these messages, Lucas writes that he's seen Debbie in his own home. Ken reads this and doesn't know what he means right away. But Debbie kind of interrupts and goes... Like naked? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Judging by the that's laugh, I can no tell one was, that's not where you were headed. No one was going there. Yeah. All right. One track mind power strikes again. Oh. Debbie's a guy, dude. Oh, that's fine. Can you imagine? Lucas was just trolling him and he's like, Ken, your girl was with me last night, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she came to the crib after hours wanted to see what was up 1560 style yeah. or whatever the f- wanted some of ye old timey wood if you catch my <laughs> drift wanted some of this silky wood <laughs> <laughs> gave her a piece of my floppy d how does he know what how that is know? how does he know <laughs> all right i don't think he's real <laughs> when you start think- locking the windows <laughs> but debbie says to Ken, you know, I've had some weird dreams lately. I dreamed I was in an old English house last night. Bring this up, Debbie. Bring this up on the day. You know what's happening in this house. I don't know. She's living a weird life right now. There's freaking food and trinkets are stacking themselves. <laughs> but I mean, mention it. Like your living room. I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll let it out. I'll but let it's like, uh, yeah, it's like my revelation of the freaking cat dream on this podcast. Yeah. I kind of forgot it till it came up. That's what I think's happening. Okay, that's a that's a good example. You know, she said she dreamed she was in an old English house hundreds of years ago. She didn't really think much of it, but she dreamed she walked through this house and was confronted by an old-timey man. Before she snapped awake. She thought the messages were just getting to her and it was kind of seeping into her subconscious. Right, that's what I'm thinking. But Lucas claims to have been visited by her. Mm-hmm. So this is another like bizarre layer of like like physical computer there, and then the layer of like these messages that are where are they coming from? Sir, you have your hand raised. Yes, what is I your have issue? a question. Did <laughs> she fall asleep napping on the keyboard of the laptop? And did she go in? <laughs> did she go in? No. Did she I don't go know in? What that means? I will say it faster. Did she go in? Oh, go in. Go oh, in. sorry, I did yeah. Uh, I can't, sorry for roasting you that entire time. No, yes. no, no, she, 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 she go in. Now that you said it slightly quicker, everything is settled. <laughs> she did go in. If I describe this entire tale slightly faster, maybe it'll make more sense. <laughs> just think, I'm just spitballing here. I'm trying to piece this together. I don't know why I'm like, yeah, I'm being so harsh on this point because yeah! the story well, you're is... serving me. <laughs> and I'm just trying to roll with the punches. Fresh trays you're of poop. Kicking me in the balls. 
Uh. Look, I'm just a paranormal investigator. I put A and B and X files together. <laughs> All I can do is work Always with the little pieces of the paranormal puzzle that you've given me. What you've given me is a wormhole to mm-hmm. the olden days. So what are my logical thinkings? How are they getting to the olden days? Yeah. Boom. I mean, to be fair, yeah, there's there's any number of ways in which this could be happening. This is uncharted territory, guys and gauls. So Guys and ghouls. <laughs> And I'll point out again that all throughout this time, the house is experiencing weird physical activity again. All the food and objects are in the house being stacked on one another (laughs) from time to time. Like Scooby Snacks. (laughs) Stacking massive sandwiches. Yeah. But what they do find is some weird relationship by which whenever they're regularly sending and receiving messages, it seems to keep the paranormal activity to like a minimum. Okay. But in between those times, it starts to like ramp up again. But it's all taken to another level when one one day Ken and Debbie enter the house and there's chalk all over the walls. It's starting to like get out of control. There's chalk all over the walls in loopy patterns and they realize that it's handwriting, like old timey handwriting. And it's signed off at the end, Lucas. And I've actually got a photo for you here. No. Yes, sir. That's so cool. This photo is actually, because it was over a different part size. This what's particular one I found is from the book. It was printed in the book and it's of the ground. And you can kind of see what's going on. It looks near like elvish or something. Okay. Oh, this is really cool. Man, I forget how recent this is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what I'm looking at here is... I mean, it's a pretty bare floor. It looks almost concrete. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is essentially, like you've described, elvish-like old English writing just Mm -hmm. sprawled all over the floor, Um, which is interesting. Has Lewis written this in his house and it's appeared in the modern day house? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Sorry. Because in the same way that Ken left the photo that appeared then in lucas's timeline right i guess his writings appearing in ken's timeline what did he mention about his floor in the first bit it was like old stony old redstone i'm glad you brought that up actually um that was a kind of interesting point that lucas (laughs) said his floor was yield portal uh, at the beginning (laughs) of the first email Uh, yield stargate he mentioned (laughs) <laughs> Did Lucas mention he lived in a DeLorean? I feel like that was an important part he should have illustrated. Have you seen Ye Old Matrix? Pick, <laughs> pick up the phone. Yeah, uh, Lucas mentions that he had basically that he ha- had a red redstone um, floor of some kind. Yeah, and around this time, uh, Ken and Debbie are doing renovations on the house. So I think what you're seeing there is the redstone. No. Mm. So between the photo disappearing. Debbie visiting Lucas in the dream world and these chalk drawings, it's like the two worlds are linked in some way or the veil that separates the two different timelines or dimensions is thinning somehow. Okay. Well, the same day they receive a message to the BBC Micro, but it's different, this time from an entirely new messenger. I'm Stephen from the future. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. It's going both ways now. You shouldn't. Hello, Stephen. It's ye old Lewis. Just let them talk. Just put it in the corner and let them talk. <laughs> We're out of this. Um, Tell me, Stephen, have you seen Silky Wood? My good man, I have heard of your griffins, lions, and wondrous possessions, and it is too fantastic to understand, and your people are unnatural, but I have no dread. You are a phantasm of great powers. I feel as though you are in the future. I ask, when this king ends his reign, who will be the next king? I will not give you my name, nor Lucas's true description and name. Signed, a friend. Nor Lucas's true description or name. You so, kind of gave the gig away there for yeah, Lucas, right? I won't tell you who Steve is pretending. I mean, I won't tell you <laughs> Lucas's real name. <laughs> so Lucas isn't even his real name. That, Goddamn, that little dastardly dog. The worm with that the worm silky hole. worm. <laughs> What's he trying to hide? The next morning, Debbie wakes and complains of a, another weird dream. She's back in what must be Lucas's house, and he's there with what looks like his wife, but they're arguing because Lucas can see Debbie, but his wife thinks that he's lost his mind. She's just seeing an empty room, and he's like, look, it's Debbie, and he's obviously just talking to like a blank wall or yeah. whatever. Well, to Debbie, it was only a dream, but the repercussions were greater than they thought. The next message they received on the micro was from Lucas's friend once more. You foolish scoundrel, you've brought ruin to my friend. 
I guarantee your death by my own name. Your charm of light is to be avoided because now he sits in a shameful dungeon. Ooh. Turns out that word had gotten out in the 1500s about Lucas's communication with the future. And back then, it wasn't good news. <laughs> People thought you were a witch or something. Of course. You know? And so basically they threw him in the slammer. Lucas is being detained in his house at this point and he sends a message to Ken, Deb and Nicola. He says, I know not who betrayed me and accused me of witchcraft, but I know that you are my true friends. What can be done? I cannot take your hand before sentence of death. I must hear your words before I bid farewell. You said your people's time is 1985. I thought your time was also 2109. Like your friend who brought the box of lights to me. No, 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 no. I absolutely refuse this. This is where I stop. I'm off. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm done, man. No. No, he doesn't, he doesn't mention this after 18 months of contact. <laughs> he doesn't then, when he's locked up, say that someone from the future brought him a magic box. But he didn't... Why, why does he think he's being trolled if someone's already shown up and brought him a magic box from the future? And he still thinks, he still doesn't believe what's happening. I mean, I think the idea is he doesn't... I think he didn't know they were from 1985, or he forgot. <laughs> he I forgot! Know. I don't know. He forgot when a wizard from the future shows up and hands him a computer? <laughs> also, no, he, he, rem he remembers that bit. He doesn't remember when these guys are from. They, no, this is, this is insane. Because <laughs> what? So now he has, he's, he's been given a magic box from the future that I assume is a computer that can communicate with computers <laughs> from his future. Sure. Then he gets a photograph. And he's like, what wooden silk is this? He can't, he's baffled by that. He's got a computer, he's got a future box. This is a good time. He's got technology that we don't have now. Yeah, it was something I was going to get to later. But to quell your disbelief, sir, at this point, I would say, f*** off. <laughs> Kick over the table, yeah. hit you in the dick. Uh... <laughs> Lucas in the 1500s is not going to be able to type on a QWERTY keyboard. Of course. Um, I believe <clears throat> the way that it works for him is a bit like the way that Debbie dreams and sees Lucas's world. Right. Lucas either sees it in a dream or in some sort of altered state. The way okay. he experiences it is that he's speaking these messages. Oh, because it's his, in his old them. English native tongue, sort of. Yes. So he's not like literally like typing it out like... What did they... What did they... What was he given from the future? I don't know, man. We don't know that. Okay. Okay. Continue onward, but no, that... <laughs> I think you say, but no. <laughs> but no, that I'm hesitantly going with you at this point, from this point onward. Not knowing what else to do, but needing it's to... It's going to get worse, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely it is. He pulled a rifle from his jacket from the year 3002. <laughs> but Ken needed to get to the bottom of this. He thought to himself, it's worth a shot. He grabbed the keyboard and started typing a command on the BBC Micro. Hack time. <laughs> Not far off. <gasps> Calling 2109, question mark. What is that? I mean, he knows the computer has no online capabilities. <laughs> what does he think is going to happen? No, just tell me. Please just tell me. You'll have to find out next week. Oh, no! I'll be real with you guys. There's, <laughs> there's more to this story. And it gets weirder, deeper, more <laughs> odd. And it comes, like, this story doesn't end in 1984. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the people that wrote this story are alive today, and they have a lot to say about it. There's more people involved, oh, and God. it gets crazy. This sounds amazing. So I'm I was going to fit this into one episode, but it got too big and too crazy. So we're going to have to come back next week. Hey, that's exciting. What an exciting second half to come back to. We've laid the ground now and it's gonna the payoff is gonna be sweet. Absolutely. I can't I'm really looking forward to it. So I guess uh, if you guys want to um, follow us online and see what we're chatting about between now and next Tuesday, you can hit us up on the email with ideas at, at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Um, no doubt we'll be posting memes about all this on at this paralife, our Twitter. Yeah. Rory's 
at Rory Has Powers. Absolutely. I'm at Kit Greer, G R I E R. Tweet us your theories. I'm Tweet interested us your theories. to see. You know, Kit's going for it. I'm a little skeptical. Yeah. We, we want to know where you guys come in on this one. That's if you right. have any experience in, um, you know, laptop futuristic teleportation portal devices. That would be great. And granted, it's a little bit early because we haven't come to conclusions. We haven't got to the end of the story. Uh, but some of you guys might have read the book and might be able to chime in whether you think it's bullshit or not. We might run a poll this week. Oh, yeah, that would be great. That would be, be really cool. awesome. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So make sure and tune in next week. And thank you for listening to another episode of This Paranormal Life. Hashtag investigate. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.